Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Wash Report. We apologise, I know it's been a very long time, but guess what? I'm ill again, so that means it must be time to record a podcast. Now, we've had some decent news out this morning, you know, mild, mild news. Um, it might have stopped me from getting any work done at all today. Um, and I'm sure it did the same for my good friend and as ever podcast co-host, Mr. Rob Sutton. Rob, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. If, if you... um. If, if you're not following me or for whatever reason, I now work in horse racing and for, for the news that has broken to come out on the day of the Grand National entries coming out, it's a little bit annoying, but uh, but we've got through, we've got through. I mean, you work in horse racing and I work in second-hand car sales. We could not be more <laughs> Del Boy Rodney if we tried. <laughs> even sound like him, even sound like him. You know, um, yeah, so obviously this morning... Uh, the fabulous, fabulous Bobby Bridge, who we are incredibly lucky to have um, as a fan base, reported the news that Diet was relieved of first team duties uh, as of this morning on an interim basis. So that is the wording of what was said. Um, it It's big news, obviously. It's massive news. What we don't have is full reasonings as to why this has happened. And I think that is because, quite frankly, a lot of people don't know. There's, there's only probably three or four people that know why this has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's Derek, that's Nick Eastwood, that's Di Young himself, and probably some of the, and probably the players. So maybe, maybe a bigger group, but what I will say is that none of our sources between us, and we, we have different sources in at the club, around the club, in the know from the club, no one knows why, or if they know why, they're not saying, um, simply put. Which yeah, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's important to say that this has caught pretty much everybody by surprise. Well, it was a, it was a strange feeling this morning, because... Bobby tweeted it and put the story out there at what eleven? It was about eleven o'clock, I think. And yeah, no one started reporting it for about half an hour. Yeah, it took a long time for the story to catch fire, and it it was it was crazy. It really was. Yeah, I think I think there are a couple of things to establish early. As far as we're aware, Di has not left Wasps. No, so, no, Dai's still at the club, he's still employed, he's still the director of rugby, he is just yeah. not responsible for the first team at this moment in time. Yeah, and that probably means he is, I, d- I don't know, but I'm assuming that means he is unlikely to be at games for the foreseeable. Certainly I it will be Lee Blackett doing all the all of BT's interviews on Saturday when they cover the match against Leicester. Um, so I, it seems to me, I don't know what you think, is it sort of taking him out of the firing line a bit? Yeah, which, yeah, there's been a lot of speculation, and I don't, I, basically what we're, we're coming on here and doing, we're not going to speculate as um, to any personal reason why this has been made, or any health reason why this has been made, because it would be unfair on Di, on his family, on you guys listening, for us to come on and speculate about things that we have no facts about and no no rumours about no talk about from anyone at the club um, for me maybe they have just thought that it's got to a point with the performances on the pitch that a change is desperately needed yeah and I think also the strange nature of this season with relegation now sorted via other sources if you like with the Saracens story that's happened it's probably hastened it because the pressure's off. You know, no one's. While Wasps do have re- a chance at going into the Champions Cup next season, I'm not sure anyone's realistically think they're going to get there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big push. They would have to come out and and really start playing well to end the season to sneak into the top six. But it's very close. So yeah, they think is. that if, if the, the board and those in charge of the club think that this change is what's best for the team and their um, chance to come and qualify for the top six, then it's the, the right decision. Yeah. What I, I don't want to do as well, it, it, it's so hard to comment on this because 
we don't know why it's happened. And there is, with the way it's happened, you, you've got to think, if it was just a performance-based decision, the decision would have been made two weeks ago, when and, and they would have given Lee Blackett three weeks to prepare the team in, in his image and the way he wants to for this game. Well, well, I w- one thing I would say on that is, um, having spoken to people and what one of Bobby's pieces said today was, Di doesn't tend to be responsible for the team during the week. So their preparation for the Leicester game won't have been hugely different to normal. Yeah, I just, I just think if it was solely performance-based, it <clears> would have <throat> happened earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that might not be the case. Might be that you know, Derek Richardson, the owner, who has a lot of business interests, it's not just wasps that he owns. He he runs other businesses as well. He might have had other commitments in the last couple of weeks that mean that he couldn't get to a, a stage where he could meet with the rest of the board and meet with the other decision makers at the club and make this decision. It could be that simple. Yeah. Um. But I just I, I don't think it is. I think the way it's shrouded in secrecy, I don't think it's solely a performance thing, which is why we're being so careful and sort of tiptoeing around the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I do think that there are there are a number of factors at play. Of course, here the four year contract twenty twenty three, he runs until the next World Cup, is not something that wasps can get out of at this moment in time so the way contracts work one of two ways when uh, a coach is fired they the team will either um will dismiss them as the the head coach and carry on paying their wages throughout the length of their contract that's the usual way of doing it Mm -hmm. um and at the minute wasps aren't in a position to to pay two head coaches or two two directors of rugby and a head coach, they can't do that. They, the club's not financially sound enough to, to get away with doing that. Mm-hmm. So as such, they can't really get rid of Die at this moment in time. What they, I think they're doing here is transitioning him into a newer role, an upstairs role. At least this is what I hope they're doing. And they're giving Lee Blackett half a season as basically an extended job interview. And a lot of people have spoken very highly of, of Lee Blackett's coaching ability. There was a lot of talk of Lee Blackett's coaching ability when he first joined Wasps. And I wonder if the board have said, look, we're going to make a change at the end of this season. We're going to bring in an extra coaching, um, an extra head coach style person. Many of our targets aren't available till the end of the season. There is one guy in-house who's getting lots of um, who's getting an offers from elsewhere from the championship? There's talk. There's been talk about him going looking at other jobs as well as on a, a head coaching kind of role. Let's see what we've got with him. Let's see how he runs the team, and we'll move forward from there. Use that to to inform our decision. Yeah, now, I, I think you could be could be smart. They obviously there's quite heavy rumours down the road from the Rico that that there is a vacancy at Coventry. Um, which again, that's been a bit shrouded in secrecy. No one quite knows what's going on there either. So, and Blackett has been quite heavily touted at being linked with there. So, maybe a chance here for him to prove himself to stay in the Premiership. That he's ready for a Premiership job, let's say, rather than dropping into the Championship. Yeah, I mean, it could be that things are that Lee Blackett is freed in the way mm. he runs the team and. End of the season, there are only minor changes to the coaching staff, and it's just Lee's given more responsibility, and and Diet looks more at the things that he's really good at, and those have been defined throughout his his tenure at Wasps at finding players that aren't necessarily big names, whether they're players from the Championship, young players from other clubs who are looking to move on because so they're not getting the game time they want. Uh, players from our own academy and bringing them into the team and giving them a shot at premiership level and it working out. You know, we think of some of the great names of the die era and I don't I, I don't put an end date on that era as such because we we haven't 
we know he's stepping back for a, this period of time, but we don't know what the the end outcome is going to be. But you look at Guy Thompson, who came from uh, the Championship. We look at um, T- uh, Thomas Young, who obviously came from from Wales, and these these guys who are, are young players that come through. Jack Willis, Josh Bassett, Josh Bassett. They've they've come and they've become top starters at the club. You know, Dan Robson wasn't wanted at Gloucester, has come in and has sparkled as the the wasp scrum half. Yeah, and there have been there have been misses as well, but there have been so many hits at that level. If if Dyke could solely focus on recruitment, then it could be he could be a huge asset for Wasps. And it's it's very similar for me to the the David Humphrey situation at Gloucester. Yeah. Where they, they didn't sack David Humphreys because they just knew that what he was doing wasn't where his talent level was. And they moved him into the director of rugby role. They gave him responsibility for a lot of the player recruitment. And he's gone out and he's built a really, really good team. Johan Ackerman's come in, done a really good job coaching them. And brought in some of his, you know, he he's brought in some players as well. He's he's advised on bringing in some players that he knows he's worked with before. You get that they get two good rugby minds talking together on the player recruitment. They can cover more areas. They know more about the game, and they've suddenly they've shot back up the table from the position of mediocrity they were in to being a top four challenger. Yeah. And I think you could see that type of change again. Here, yeah. After after nine years doing everything, and yes, Di has a a team of coaches. He's always had a team of coaches, but he's been the one guy responsible the whole time. It might be that he wants to take a little bit of a step back from some of the duties, from from some of the responsibility, yeah, and focus on what he's really good at and what he's previously said he enjoys doing. Yeah, I will just throw this out there because uh, I've just seen it online that uh, that Paddy Power have priced up the next Wasps head coach. If anybody's interested, with uh, Rob Howley favourite, unsurprisingly, and Rob will probably be having a couple of quid on that, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> has to be done. Lawrence Lawrence Lallio second favourite. That's not going to happen. Um, Cockers is third. He won't come either. And then Lee Blackett, Joe Worsley, and Michael Checker are joint four. Now, I I'm not I don't think the club is going to bring in a particularly massive name like a Michael Checker. No, um, so. I think Richard Richard Cockrell recently signed a new deal to 2021 at Edinburgh. And I Richard, don't think... Cock- Richard Cockrell takes over Scotland in 2021. I think. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, and I, I don't. I just don't think he would come here. I don't think that's the kind of hire that Wasps are going to make this time around. Um, I don't think Delalio. I think Lawrence has got so much going on with his foundations and his business interests, his media commitments, and um, sitting on the board. It wouldn't be a good look to have a board member come in and coach the team. I don't think. Uh, especially someone in Lawrence who fantastic player, great leader, has no coaching experience, or has very little coaching experience. And I I look at the options. For me, you've got Rob Howley there. Um, I'd like to see the club at least ask you at Lancaster yeah. what, what it would take for him to come and, and be a part of or, or build the team in his own image. But I fear that if someone like Stuart Lancaster was brought in to be involved, Di wouldn't be part of that plan. I don't. I think Lancaster's the type of guy who who comes in and brings a head coach with him. So I don't think that appointment. The same with a Joe Schmidt, uh, mm-hmm. and I think quite possibly the same with a Michael Checker as well. Yeah, they um, bring their own people, wouldn't they? And I. That's why I just. I don't see the fit. The fits I see are Rob Howley, Joe Worsley, Dave Walder. Yeah, they're the three really, and they're three. They're ex wasps, which we know. Is something that's in the, the the club culture, the club DNA, is to offer players who have been involved at the club a chance to work. You know, you look at Andrea Mazzi, who is involved with the academy. Yeah. Uh, so long as he passes his life in the UK <laughs> test tomorrow, which I actually sat and did, uh, just to go off on a tangent because it wouldn't be a, a Wasp Report podcast without me going off on a tangent. Now I've got a pretty good knowledge of UK history. Um, I'm a history nerd, massive history nerd. I got 18 out of 24. Yeah, it's hard. And isn't I'm it? a I'm a huge history nerd. 
quite a big politics nerd and I couldn't get enough to pass. I it, it's just, it's impossible. So good luck to Andrea because he's doing a good job, a blinding good job with the academy, and he's uh, going to need it. I think. You know, we want to keep him around. Yeah. Sake, but, um, but you are, you are, you do make a, a fair point that you, you know you, you look at the way the, the coaches sort of not just under die. Uh, although if you look back under die, Stephen Jones played, didn't he, and then went straight into coaching. Um, sort of in sort of the transition period when they were moving, so. Yeah, it's in the it's in the blood. I mean, I've been quite strong that I would like to see um, Dave Walder come in. Um, what role that is, I'm not quite sure. Whether he's ready for the step up for the top job yet, but he even though they went down last season, he's done a terrific job up there at Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, he's done a he's done a really good job building a team that plays good rugby. Um, when Newcastle finished in the top four. Sorry, in the Champions Cup places, they didn't finish top four. Um, yeah, they did. They, they did fourth. finish top. Oh, they did finish fourth. Um, he was yeah. he was brilliant. His offense was brilliant. His their attacking play was great, and he was the the sort of mastermind behind that. Um, for me, I think there's there's a two pronged hire here because I, I'm not sure um, we're that keen on Ian Costello uh, as a coach. Yeah, he he's come in and he's had two years and we haven't really seen the impact of it. No, um, and I I would like the double the double whammy of of Joe Worsley and then one of Alex King or Dave Walder for me. We've seen what Joe can do at Biarritz. Yeah, the yeah. guy the guy took over as an interim at Biarritz. Two days later, the new coach who was taken over at the end of the season was announced. So Joe, were, those players did not have any desire any need to listen to Joe Worsley and they went out and they put in some fantastic performances for him he galvanised that changing room and they've not been as good since he left this year yeah I would also say as well if you can coach at Beeritz which is as as a passionate and hostile maybe not hostile but passionate fan base as you get in Europe and this is a team who aren't in the top 14 at the moment they they adore their rugby in that region, and obviously it's quite a political region, the Basque region. That's a tough environment to cut your teeth, if you like. I mean, as well, I don't know if Joe will make the move back to England. Uh, he no, has a, a fair point. he has a fa- uh, kids who are in uh, school age and they're settled out in France. He's been out of France a long time, so it, it's a possibly a big ask to move back, but. It's the one job I think that he would possibly move back for. This is this is the thing, isn't it? Because you know, one one club man in England, anyway. And uh, yeah, it, 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 if Wasps gave him the right offer, you would hope it would be difficult to turn down. Yeah, but I I do think that Howley is going to be the coach. Yeah, um, so do I. I know we've both had people who've seen him out and about in Wales in in the last few months and he says he's coming to the Premiership next and uh, I even have one source today who had met him and recently said he's going to one of his old clubs so I think that, that pretty much narrows it down to one um, yeah, he's not going to be involved in Wales in the Welsh setup anymore uh, in any of the regions or, or elsewhere in Wales so I, I think he is what he is going to be the, the guy that comes over and I think when you've got a stain on your record like he has you probably come a bit cheap. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we I, have to I, think like that. While this, while the club isn't making money for Derek and and for the other shareholders, they're not going to put keep putting in loads of money. It's mm. just not the way they want the club to run. They want the club to be self sustainable, and at the minute it isn't. So they aren't out here offering superb wages we're not a club that's being bankrolled by an owner like some of the clubs in the league are yeah and that's what people people don't understand that and you know people are slightly ignorant to that and I will continue to try and educate them on Twitter as much as possible (laughs) Um, but yeah we are going to talk about Dai's legacy and and, uh, memories we have of with Dai in charge dependent on 
the outcome of this situation. So that's why we're not really delving into the history books now because we don't know. We, we, it might come to the the stage where after an interim period out, Dai takes back over, and then we would just look stupid. Um, yeah. And I try to make a habit of not looking stupid. I'm not very good at it, but I try. Um, so we're, we're not going to be talking about that tonight. Just sort of how much of a... How, sort of how much would you be looking forward to a Rob Howley appointment? I don't know. I don't know. See, this is the thing. I think Howley would go one of two ways. I think it would be a com- it would either be a complete disaster, and you would know quite early that they've got it wrong, or it's a Stuart Lancaster at Leinster style regeneration of his career, and it's brilliant for all parties. I don't think it's going to be much in the middle. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, we look at the the times he took over Wales um, during Warren Gatland's Lions ten they years. Didn't, they didn't. They weren't terrible. They weren't terrible, but they weren't brilliant either. Um, he, did win, he did win the Six Nations in 2013 when they beat England at the end. Yeah, yeah, he certainly did. But then you look to four years later and... Yeah, that wasn't great. The results weren't good there. Uh, the, the rugby they played wasn't good. And I just, I just wonder if he's the right type of person to come in and take over. I... I I think we need at this at this stage we need someone the fans are going to get behind universally like they like they are behind die or they have yeah. been behind die because I think the club needs it the club needs to attract people they need the the atmosphere to be good at home games they need the people to be talking about the club and about what's going on and so they, they need to get in someone that the fans are going to support from the word go. Which which possibly leads you more towards a Worsley. Absolutely, and I, I'll make no bones about it. Joe Worsley is the person I would be calling if I needed a new head coach to come in. He, he looks at an area that we have been weak in for a long time, and that's defence. There was no better defender, I think, in his era than Joe Worsley. I'm not sure there was anyone who tackled better than Joe did during the, the periods he was active. Especially, uh, definitely in the Premiership, possibly even in World Rugby. You know, he was a master in defence. And I just think that bringing someone like that in would would cause a, a massive change of culture in the club. But if you look at the players that they've got, they're going to play good rugby. Mm. And once they get a bit of confidence back... You know, they get a good period together where you know you got someone a young, inspiring, and exciting ten like Jacob Umanga in there. We've already seen that when he has the ball in his hands and he's running at defences, wasps look dangerous. They look potent again in attack. If you could bring marry that with a guy who's known for coaching a really good defence, then you've got a really good chance of building a really good team. Yeah, yeah. On, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be against Howley coming in not as a, uh, under someone when the initial rumors came out that it die it was die as head, head man with Howley underneath him I was I was all for that and you know that might still be what happens yeah I mean um yeah, I just I I can't get excited about a Rob Howley appointment. I just can't. I don't yeah. quite know what it is. I I also think that if they were to get Joe in, Lee Blackett could stick around as well. Yeah. If it, if it goes well, if Wasps start coming out and they start putting 30, 40 points up or thirty points up every week because they're they're throwing the ball about, maybe they lose games. They probably will lose games because they'll have to play in a way that's a style that's a little bit looser. So it doesn't matter now. They can play with freedom because Saris have been relegated. There's absolutely fuck all to play for now. Yeah, there's yeah. a Champions Cup spot, but that's a that's an out there. We're going to need to win games and win games with bonus points to get that. So you might as well go out and try and throw it around a bit. You know, try and play some good rugby. This is this is the time now. To go out, take chances, try and play good rugby, try and get the crowds up ahead of next year. 
yeah. Wasp should be absolutely marketing the shit out of games coming up. <coughs> yeah, giving, well, giving away free tickets, doing whatever they can to get people through the door to get a running start ahead of next season. Because I am sick to fucking death of no one being at the games or low crowds at the games and boring rugby to watch. There is there is no pressure now. So you might as well try and play positive rugby. And you might as well try and fill up the Rico and you know, maybe those free tickets spend twenty quid on, on beer and food. That's twenty quid you're not gonna get. And you know, you've got to take some of that off for staffing costs. But you must they must make money off of those tickets if they offer them out for nothing. Not everything, but like if you offer if you give away five thousand tickets and the place has got good atmosphere, then those five thousand people are gonna come back if they watch good rugby. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I was at the last home game, the Bordeaux game, which was an utter horror show, both on and off the pitch. You know, nothing was open. Two stands were barely full. You couldn't get any food, you couldn't get any drink. The buses didn't work after the game. The team scored nothing. It was it just one of those... That was the that was the that when it sort of clicked in my brain that Wasps needed a change of direction. Both, probably both on and off the pitch. Um, I just... This Friday night game is coming up. It really irritates me that, that where, where's where's the big marketing drive? The whole point is to try and get a new audience playing on a different night. And you know, I know I appreciate it's not everybody's cup of tea, but if you live locally to any venue, a Friday night game is absolutely ideal. But anyway, we're going to be left with about ten thousand people there, and yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly you, what you mean. Because you know, the, the, the just not enough is. When Wasps first moved, the marketing drive was absolutely superb, and that's probably how a lot of people listening to this podcast got into the club. They saw the posters dotted around the city. I don't know if the tension with the football club's got anything to do with it. That obviously we have to consider, and I know quite a few people who support the football club who haven't come back this season for various reasons that we won't go into now. But it's just it just feels to me that the whole. Rico project has lost its way this season, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, and you know, whilst we are talking about off the pitch shambles today, since eleven o'clock when Bobby broke the story, um, which it included a short and um, very concise statement that gave away no details from the club. Yeah, uh, which Bobby had to ask for. That was not something that the the club offered up to him. He had to ask for that statement mm-hmm. from them. Wasps have tweeted from their public Twitter account eleven times, and absolutely no word of addressing the earlier statement the club put out. Yeah. It's not as though Bobby has put this story out there with no statement from the club and the club have refused to comment. The club have fucking commented and they can't even be good enough to put a statement out to address this to their fans. This guy, this this coach, is adored by many of the Wasp faithful. Now, those guys that come every week and... I know we don't we we try not to differentiate between fans that were at Adams Park and and before and the, the newer fans, but those of you that did, that supported after the team came to Coventry may not quite understand just what a mess this club was in when Dai took over. Dai Young paid out of his own money to buy medical supplies for the players. He paid out of his own money to hire a minibus to take the players to away games. Yeah, this this guy's given so much to the club, and I don't give a fuck what's gone on this year. I don't give a fuck what's gone on in that meeting. The disrespect that the club has shown him today by not putting a statement out to address the the earlier statement that they put out and the news stories that have been flowing around is is ludicrous. Even all they had to do was tweet out to say to confirm the news and say at this time we will comment further in the coming days. All yeah. they need to say, but they haven't even done that. And because of it, you've got legions of fans p- 
pitting themselves off against one another because they don't know who to believe because there has been no clarity. That the club are causing divisions within their own fan base because they're not communicating well enough with their fans. And these are the people they're asking for money to come to the Rico every week. It's just not on. But it, and this is not the first time it's happened either. This this whole day pretty much reminds me of the day the news of the move broke, and I went back and looked sort of through the news stories. So the when when the first story came out, which was Cov Telegraph again, who broke the story about the move, was on a Monday night. Wasps didn't comment till the Wednesday morning of that week. To confirm, to confirm it all, and you know that, and this, there may be legal ramifications and legal ideas, but if you've if you've given out a statement already, which they have to to Bobby, and to Bobby only, then you can post that almost exactly the same statement from your own Twitter account. Yeah, it is just Bobby's not their mouthpiece. I know him. I know him well I, I, over the past year or two years that he's been covering the team maybe even longer I honestly I can't remember um, whilst I'm mid-rant I don't remember things very well <laughs> he's he's an independent guy who works for a different organisation he's not their spokesperson he's a reporter who has chased down leads on this who has followed up on a hunch he even he admits in his in the article that this all came about because of a hunch where um Dyer wasn't available for the media availability yesterday, despite him being at the training ground and Bobby saying hello to him. Mm. Yeah, that that's great. That's just great journalism. That's got this story out there. It's not up to Bobby to post the statement that he got from Wasps. Luckily, he was good enough to do so, so that those that read the story and rather than just reading the reply, actually, you know knew that he was telling the truth and knew that this was actually happening. But there's got to be more sort of said about things. It's just... It, I, I just despair. It's it's just it's just poor. <laughs> it's just... And unfortunately, rugby in general, not just wasps, it's just... It's, it's a professional game still being run by amateurs. It's from premiership rugby's dealing with the Saracen saga to... This on a smaller scale to things that have happened in the Six Nations. It's just rugby just keeps lurching from one disaster off the pitch to another, which is a shame because the product on the pitch in the Premiership at the moment is as good as it's been in the whole time I've watched it. Yeah, I, it, I just, just despair. I just want to bring up one point on on the whole thing. We've mentioned the timing already. And the fact that there's been, you know, this break, and we don't know why, you know, it's come out today, and we probably never will. Um, but it just feels a bit, a, a, a bit strange. I don't know what you think. We're four days out from, for many supporters, the biggest game of the season, and then you throw sort of a hand grenade into it. Um, obviously, again, that, that could have been completely out of Derek's control for when he was going to make this announcement, but. You know, you we've we've sensed for a while. I think pretty much since that Harlequins home game that something wasn't quite right. Yeah, I mean, things haven't haven't gone well this year, and there have been you know players. You you can see that there's something not right there in yeah. just at the club as a whole, though, because things have become very stale in all areas. Whether it's the stadium, whether it's the the communications, whether it's the the offers and the, just the ideas around everything, you know, there there's been very limited announcements of new contracts. You know, we know the club is spending one and a half million below the salary cap this year. You know, yeah. there's there's worries about money. There's worries about lots of things, and there, there's just no communication of it at all. Which is what leads to this rampant speculation all the time. Yeah, yeah. And what I would also say is, with regards to die, is I hope the club do the right thing, and at least at any home game in the future, if it is the end of him as as a head coach, that he is properly recognised at 
a forthcoming home game in the future. Yeah, uh, because because that's something that you know we never got the chance to do that with Christian Way for obvious reasons. But there are a few players who've gone that the club have sort of not neglected, but yeah, they but... haven't they haven't done it in the right way when they when they played their last home game. Let's put it that way. No, and. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you there. The club comes across as bitter and vindictive with so many departures. Yeah. In Under this new regime, they come across as cold, they come across as unwelcoming, and that's, that is that is reflected in the experience when you go to games. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been to, I think, three games this season. I've done one um, in one of... Uh, the north is it the north stand or what the uh, the charity the Alec Higgs charity stand? Yeah, north, north, the yeah. north. Uh, I've done one in hospitality, and I've done one in the uh, in the other stand, the big stand over the other side. Each time, in a so in a different area of the stadium, each time, different ticket price levels. Uh, hospitality before the game's been shit. Pay seventy quid and get a shit meal. You have to pay for your drinks. Bar staff in hospitality have got no fucking clue how to run a bar. and don't even know how to mix drinks. It's fucking awful. Um, when you're in the, in the ground, the food, there's actually probably better options than when you go hospitality. <laughs> um, but a lot of the time they run out of stuff. They're, again, staff don't know what they're doing. They've got fuck all experience in serving drinks on a match day. Uh, it's, it's just a farce at times. And that's I'm not even talking about the the product on the pitch because that's outside of the owner's control, really. You know, the, you can put the players on the pitch, you can put the coaches there. There's not a lot you can do about that mid-season, really. You know, you're stuck with who you're stuck with, and you've got your coaches in place, and that's understandable. But you you can make the game day experience better for people that come. That's easy to do. You know, and. They just haven't they haven't done it very well. There's no. I look at I look at some of the grounds out there. You look at what Bristol do for their mm. fans. You look at what Exeter do for their fans. Yeah. And, you, and you look over yeah. in France. You look at what Racing do. And now Racing are lucky because they obviously have that indoor arena where they have great facilities to let uh, their fans on after the game. And they they but they they also do things that are different. They host concerts after the game. So you can pay a little bit extra and go to a concert or for most, some of them are free to go to yeah. after the game and they keep all their concession stands open. So they are still making money. Whereas at wasps an hour after the game, they're shutting the, the big venue, you know, the and, fan and zone. That, and uh, that, and that's, even, that's even if it's open anyway. Yeah. I, I have, I have no idea how, but it's almost as though they're trying not to make money. Yeah, I, I, yeah. This was again. This is another thing that was very good when it started to draw people in, and now they've got people in. And you know, I chatted to a few people at the game who are who are Midlands based, who came along because they, you know, loved the experience the first time round, and you know, the first couple of seasons and the rugby was great. And you know, they they don't want to pay the prices that it is now to come. They, you know, they they're not stupid. Like you know, the fact that the club raised season ticket prices in quite a lot of areas for the Challenge Cup was just a just a joke, to be honest. And you know, it was the first year I'd not renewed in years. Not ju- I wasn't going to anyway, but the price really did put me off. And you know, you go to somewhere like Leicester on Saturday, the final whistle bar underneath the big. I, I don't know who sponsors it these days. I should know. Holland and Barrett. Probably still. I know there, more I about their stadium than ours. It's, it's still it's still the caterpillar stand to me, anyway. Um, but um, that's the the final whistle bar under there will be open until at least eight o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and if you if you want to get a local presence, which this club desperately desperately needs, having your bars open after the game will help that. Yeah, you know, it sucks for fans that have got to go back on trains and in cars and stuff. I'm sorry, you don't get to to partake in that. I'm included in that number. You know, and me. I, you know, I have to drive. It takes me two and a half hours to drive to the Rico every time I go up to games. So I probably wouldn't stay till late, late in the fan zone. But it'd be nice to have the option. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it'd be nice it's for just... anyone who lives a 10-minute walk from the ground. There are lots of houses a 10-minute walk from the ground, as anyone who's ever parked in a lot of the parking spots will tell you. If you if you live 10, 20, 30 minutes away from the stadium, and you could stay till 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever, at night, and have a beer in the dry, in the warm, then you probably would. Especially as well, at a ground... Like, some of the other grounds that we visit over the season, so I'm thinking Bath... Gloucester, I don't know about, but I've not been to Bristol. Harlequins, you know, they've got pubs around the ground. We've got, we've got nothing. Yeah, you know, we are in the middle of nowhere. You, you have basically got an entertainment facility. You have got fans who will stay if you give them the option. Well, and unless, unless there's an international, they won't do it. The, the only reason I can think of is that there's something in the contract with the casino. There must so be. If anyone's ever be. been to the casino after the game, it's absolutely rammed with Wasp fans. Yeah. Because they've got nowhere else to go. Yeah. You could do that on a much bigger scale by leaving the bars open. Yeah. But they but the, but the thing is they do when there's an England game on. So what's that? One home game a year probably, two yeah. if you get one yeah. in November. Uh, it's just it's just the whole something, a, a, something something's not right. Isn't right with the people running this club. And I I'm yeah, there's lots of what-ifs flying around my head. One of them, for me, is what if Dyer's finally fucking lost patience with the people running this club? Well... And if that's the case, then people at board level need to leave. Yeah. Well, I have just retweeted, so this will be on Twitter by the time you're listening to this, uh, a tweet we've had from Curtis, um, hello, mate, who says that... Um, who's tweeted us a, a bit of the Sunday Times article that's gone out today that seemed to say uh, that said it's understood that tensions have been growing between Young and the club's owners over the amount of money available for players next season. Uh, uh, Wasps have been spending below the £7 million salary cap this season, as we've been discussing earlier, and Young had been finding it increasingly difficult to attract new signings. It says it all. Yeah. I think I, I think sort of in a roundabout way we've landed on the point we were trying to make here. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I'm but, I'm just done with the people that run this club. But I I honestly think that we are in a very similar boat to our opponents on Saturday, at the moment. Yeah. Because yeah, as you know, any all all you regulars will will know my connections to to the city of Leicester and everything that goes on there. Tigers have never quite recovered from Cocker's going, and that was from a falling out with the board. And they've got, obviously, Jordan Murphy in, who I don't think is particularly happy with what's going on, but he sort of gets on with it. And there's been a lot of anger directed to the Tigers board, and I hope it doesn't get to that stage for Wasps, but I fear it might do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just... It needs to be more communication. You're... If you're Derek Richardson, you are running a business here that has far more stakeholders than you're used to. Yeah. For those of you that don't understand what I mean when I say stakeholder, some of you may not, it's someone with an interest in this business. Usually in a business, you've got very few stakeholders, especially a property business like Derek has that Derek runs, you've got your tenants, you've obviously got any shareholders in that business, you've got any employees in that business. They're your primary stakeholders. At Wasps, you've got probably 250,000 stakeholders, if not more, probably close closer to a million stakeholders. <clears throat> you know, Wasps have got 100,000 followers on Twitter. I'd say the uh, the majority of their fan base that's on Twitter is probably at the the twenty percent mark, maybe. Probably. You know, so probably half half a million stakeholders. You know, ca- that that includes right casual fans who just say I like wasps, who may never come to games because you know they've got other things on or they play adult rugby or they, you know, just different different reasons why they don't come. And the lack of communication is stopping them from coming. You could draw them in. The reason Bristol have been so successful getting crowds this year is because they've been drawing in those casual fans from the area with mm-hmm. fun 
uh, with fun advertising, with good deals on tickets, with playing good rugby. You know, they play pleasing rugby to watch. Some of these casual fans, they you know, they've signed England internationals to bring in, you know, to play those games. And I'm I'm not having that that Wasps can't do it at the minute because we are well under the salary cap. So you can do it. We just need to invest more in this club to get people to come back to watching. And you know, signing as good a player as Lima Sopawaga is. He didn't have. He doesn't have that name value in the UK. Not not amongst casual rugby fans. And a lot of casual rugby fans won't be listening to this because if you listen to this, you're a pretty hardcore Wasp fan. Yeah. Lima Sopwanga, you know who he is because you probably watch a bit of Super Rugby. You you know the All Black squad and those around. But if you're a casual fan, you don't really know who he is. You know who Danny Cipriani is because he's in, been in the Sun. Fucking twenty five times. He's played for England a couple of times. He he's a prodigal talent who has highlights on UK based sports shows every other week. It seems BT every minute of every day. But that's another story entirely. You know there, there hasn't and and whilst people will go yeah but we want to win games you know, understand that but it's you've got to make the club successful. And getting people to come and watch is a big part of that. You know, signing some of these big name internationals is a big part of that. And I just, yeah. I, I, I'm just fed up of constantly having less and less to cheer for every year, and ex- and the club expecting the same level of support. This this is the only thing that this is a, one of the things that's annoyed me a bit is that the fact that they because they get twenty five thousand for a, a game with a few fireworks at the end of it and a bit of Christmas karaoke that they think they can just get that every week we can't that was a and shit day as well against Bath or whoever it was Queens. against Quinns. Quinns yeah that was a yeah. shit day nothing fucking worked even the fireworks didn't fucking work yeah. Like, I didn't feel like we had, we were welcome at the stadium at all. You know. But but the thing is, as, as I've said previously, rugby fans in particular are not stupid. And you're seeing it now. People aren't coming. And, you know, it's as simple as that. If, for the rest of the season, if Wasps get 10,000 for the rest of the season, they, they might finally tweak that something's not quite right there. You know, you've got to... I don't. I don't want to discourage anybody from going. But my po- the point I'm trying to make is, if you're not enjoying it, do not go. Yeah. Don't force yourself to go because you think you've got to be this. Some. Um, you know, I've got to go because I've got to be the number one fan. I've got to be there every week. If you're not in, this is why I stopped going to seasons ago. And I try and focus on away games now. A bit more on that later. But the just if you if you don't like it, if you're not enjoying it, don't go. It's it is, it's a divorce in your life that will make you feel so much better. Yeah, but I, I still it doesn't mean that I don't want the club to do well. I want the club to win every week. It's just I find it a lot easier to be. And now I've got a job that works weekends. I work weekends anyway, so it you know it doesn't really bother me either way. You know, I'm if I've got to be in work when there's a game on, so be it. Yeah, well, it's the same coaching top level sport it's all at weekends so yeah. I don't have the ability to go to games a lot I miss a lot of games you know I have to watch them on catch up or you know but I still check the scores all the time yeah absolutely I still when absolutely. I'm on holiday when we're on holiday on a road trip in America I'm still tuning in to to the local radio to listen to commentary while we're driving along yeah you know yeah. It doesn't. It never. It never leaves you. There but. isn't. There isn't one set way to be a fan, and no. you don't. You don't have to always conform to what certain influential fan people are telling you. You, you. you can. You can support this club in your own way, and at the minute, I'm, as we said, we're not telling you to stay away. But if you're not enjoying it, letting the owners know you're not enjoying it by not going and putting yourself through a miserable day and having to spend money doing it. Is a is the thing to do. It works, you know. Trust but me. at the same Trust time, what we can do is in that Friday night home game against Saracens. If you can go, and I know it's not easy, it's going to be Lee Blackett's first home game in charge. 
if we can get the biggest crowd possible there, if we can show the boys that we are here to support them, I don't care what the board do in terms of reshuffling the deck chairs, <laughs> we're here to support the the players that go out and put on a show for us every week who, who try their fucking hardest to win games for the fans. Because those a lot of those players, some of them will, will feel like they have a great personal connection with the club. A lot of them don't. That's just simple. It's their, their employer. And for some players, rugby is a job. You you probably care about the club more than the players do. And that's a hard thing for some fans to quantify a lot of the time. But if you can go to the game and you can show the players just how much you care, they might put in that little bit of extra effort playing rugby. You know, they they might enjoy it a little bit more with that positive attitude. You might start to help them build some bonds in the team and start to get some confidence back and play a little bit better rugby because we saw some bright spots over the the period in 2020. We've Mm -hmm. seen some really good play and there are some fabulous young players in this squad. But at the same time, if you're not enjoying it, if you feel like the club isn't doing what you want it to do, don't put yourself through the idea of going to games. Unless you want to join us at just, London I'm Irish. Gonna, so everything Alex just said there is what we'd like to do at London Irish. So we've 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 been we've been thinking about this for a little while now. Um, about you know trying to do something on away games. We've done we've done it a little bit in Europe, helped by the club. But there's never been something for a league game. It's a, it's a popular venue. It's our last trip to the to the Mad Stad um, with all six people, six home supporters that will be there to cheer on London Irish. So if you haven't got your tickets yet and would like to join our group, we, we've got a decent number. Yeah, I'm just moment. I'm just going to go on and check and see just how many uh, we have sitting in our in our two blocks. Yeah, we've got. Buy, buy tickets online. Here we go. I oh, know this is great podcasting. This is me. Yeah, live, s- live, Google live searching. ticket checking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the Sunday, the first of March. Um, it's a game you can you can get to quite easily um, on via rail. Um, it's also it's also not on telly. It's not on TV. Uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great. Um, a great big uh, meet up in the pub beforehand, and and, um, and and it's also my birthday on the Tuesday. Oh, so you can even you can even get Rob to buy you a pint because it's his <laughs> birthday. Yeah, we we've got a good smattering of tickets in there now, and yeah, you know, you'll be amongst fellow Was fans. It will be a a positive area for supporting Wasps, and what we mean by that is there is going to be. There won't be anyone there challenging you on how good of a fan you are. Uh-huh. There, there won't be anyone there lecturing you and trying to tell you that they're a better fan than you are. There, we will be there to support the boys and have a good time. That is all we're going to be there to do during this game. We're going to make lots of noise. We're probably going to get some Die Young chants going. and Maybe we could see if Die will join us. Although I don't know, I don't know. You're you're not really his son's favourite person, are you? So. Oh yeah, good point. I, I, I need to know if, if you're listening to this, Pudsey. Can I please win Thomas Young's whatever it is? <laughs> I've entered. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? I hope, he, I hope he has to present them as well. Oh, don't. He'd probably punch you. Uh, I I would definitely I would definitely back him in a fight against you, Rob. F- funny that. Funny that. So, would I. so, so would I. So like, get me off work for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. But yeah, join us on the first of March. Um, if you go to our Twitter account at the Wasp Report, all the details the are in the pinned tweet there. Um, if you're not on Twitter, I, I say this every episode. If you're not on Twitter and you somehow found this podcast and you really enjoy it. I'll have to update the website. Go to our website, which is <laughs> www.thewasreport.com. 
it's the, you basically you just find old podcast episodes on there and some of the old articles that I tried to write back in the day. Uh, I will put something on there about it, maybe. <laughs> um, but if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter, follow us. Don't follow anyone else, just follow us. Um, <laughs> live in the echo chamber that is the Wasp Report. And, yeah, come and have a good time. Um, pub locations to be decided. Uh, we will put them out couple of days before probably maybe a week before um, yeah, probably do it. yeah i was gonna say i've got to get through tigers first so uh we'll yeah do it after that i've got to recover from edinburgh first oh right jesus <laughs> christ so i had six layers on sitting in the uh we were about i think we were 10 to 12 rows back so we we were soaked i had six yeah. i had six layers on my bottom layer was soaking wet <laughs> when I when we got back to the apartment and this was hours after the end of the game as well and my chest and the t-shirt I was wearing on the the um, on the bottom there was was absolutely soaked it was the worst weather conditions and I played in a blizzard and I think this was possibly worse yeah, we there was there was there was a not the not the dragons game where only about ten people made it to the ground at Adams Park. There was a, there was another game where it snowed in like the second half. Um, that was horrendous. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was against Northampton. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I've been there on a Thursday night against Bayonne and it was like minus, I think it was minus five or minus six by the end of the game. That was pretty... Which one of the five? (laughs) There was was one that was very cold. (laughs) There was also a game, and we've just gone off into random Adams Park memories now, but there was a game early on, it must have been about 13, 12 or 13, I think, when this game, so... So over this is well over ten years ago now, where our game against Bath was postponed due to a frozen pitch, uh-huh. and to make up the game they had to play it on a Tuesday night. Yeah, they used to do that quite a lot. And um, being season ticket holders, we went to the game, and I sat. I think I sat two rows back, and being the cocky. 13 year old I was before the game uh, Stuart Barnes was doing a Sky Sports news hit in the car park and I'm on Sky Sports news behind him doing the wanker symbol um, <laughs> classy growing up in Essex it really was and um, then during the game Holly Barkley's about to take a kick and uh, I think me and my mate shouted Oli 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 tits in a trolley and he turned around and gave me the finger which was even funnier to us at the time we were just absolutely cracking up. It was great. And I think Wasp won, so that always uh, <laughs> pays dividends. That's fantastic. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine you cocky. That's I was a very a, bizarre story. I was, I was a gobby shite as a 13-year-old. I really was. But yeah. Um, Good times. Nice, nice little story to end on. Um, Come to the London Irish game, join me, yeah. Rob and I for a, a beer and a, and a watch rugby games and realise that I haven't changed a bit. Um, I'm still a cocky shite now. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I will say, if, uh, if if it all goes well, people enjoy it, we'll try and roll it out. Yeah. Uh, two, or, two or three times a season. I've got my, eye, got my eye on doing something for Harlequins, which is the last away game of the season. Ooh, I like that. Twicking them in the sunshine. Yeah, and and it will be Chris Robshaw's last game at the Stoop as well. So uh, oh, we've got to go and give him some abuse. Yeah. So uh, well, providing Queens don't make the top two, which ain't going to happen. We've got so, to go and give him some abuse for his last home game. <laughs> yeah, we tried that with Nick Evans. It didn't work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Nick Evans doesn't dye his hair bleach blonde, and <laughs> when he was in his early thirties, so you know, I think we can. Uh, we can forgive that. Right, that is us done for this episode, I think. Um, yeah. Tangents are plenty. We discussed the news. I think we covered everything off. Um, yeah. We'll be back in the next few weeks. I know we haven't... This is the first time we've recorded in like six months, but we'll be back in the next few weeks, I promise. This story is the biggest thing to happen to Wasps in probably since the move, actually. Yeah. Um, I know. There was the Wade story as well. 
Yeah, but I think this is bigger, actually. Probably, probably. Um, and, you know, we'll be back to discuss the next sort of fallout as it occurs. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully okay. it's not this week, because as you can all tell by listening, I have a stinking cold and would rather not talk for an hour um, again this week. So, uh, yeah, that is pretty much that. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter for all the news, insights, opinions, arguments that you could ever want. And and, uh, and I will see any of you in Leicester on Saturday. Yeah, go and uh, give Rob a, a handshake if you see him on, uh, on Saturday at Welford Road. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.